0: You're in business because you have an idea, a spark, a passion, and it's your gift. It's the one that you have and you're bringing it to the world. I know it isn't easy and it requires commitment. You have to learn both the mechanics and leave room for the magic every day in your business. And I'm here for you to help you make a profit. I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. I'm in this with you every single day. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business, from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month, with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator podcast. I am so excited to bring somebody who made this incredible pivot and now has a very successful retail store here in a very small rural area of Ohio. And I think that this is going to be a very important conversation for those of you who have been listening over time and have decided that maybe what you're doing isn't what you want to be doing, you want to be doing something else. And I think it's also going to be for the few of you who have not quite jumped into entrepreneurship and you're wanting another confirmation that, yeah, this is something you can definitely do. So I want to introduce to you Amanda Miller, and she's coming from... Ohio where I am, but she's a little bit uh, outside of the Van Wert area. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and your followers today. Tell everybody who you are and who you serve. So Amanda Miller, I serve lots of roles and wear many different hats. The owner of Cedar Mill Farm, which is our family produce and homestead farm. Also Chief Marketing Officer at Revival Design Studios, and above all, owner and entrepreneur for Flock Mercantile Makerspace in Salina Ohio.
0: So that's where I want to talk today the most is this mercantile and makerspace. In full disclosure, our coffee of Kamaroo Coffee Roasters Coffee is actually inside the mercantile and makerspace. So we actually are, are vendors to Amanda. But the reason I want to bring this conversation around. it is not that long ago, just a few months ago, this was actually a building that had nothing in it that had kind of been abandoned for a while. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you found the space?
1: Originally in 2015, the building itself was condemned. Part of the front brick storefront facade had like actually fallen out into the sidewalk area there in downtown Salina At that time, locals, you know, took it upon themselves, did some patch fixing and were able to salvage the space. Then it sat for a long time. Brings us to 2021, at which time it had become tax delinquent long enough that it was able to come up for sheriff sale. At, at that time, we were approached by partners and some partners and friends that we've been talking with since like 2017 to do this type of space. So it kind of in 17, we would talk about it, and then it would kind of go away. And then another opportunity would come up. And so the concept for this business would kind of fade away and then come back up again for like over four years. We like went back and forth throwing out concepts. So when this building opportunity came available in 2021, it was kind of one of those situations where it was like, we either have to quit talking about this and dreaming about this, or we just have to do it. So we took massive action. I actually left what was at the time, my full-time job as Per se, the breadwinner of our family and quit, Um, not knowing exactly where we were going to go, knowing that we were going to create this business and not knowing how we were going to pay our bills in the meantime. It was kind of crazy. Maybe it's part of like turning 40 or some midlife crisis or something. I don't know. But I credit it to the fact that I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Um, My parents had multiple businesses as I was a child growing up, they still have businesses today as retirees. Um, My husband comes from a farm family. I've literally had a paid job since I was 12 years old. I guess I just kind of was like, okay, if anybody can do this and figure it out, it's my husband and I like, we'll be able to do this, we'll be able to figure it out and go with it. So that's kind of how it was a long process to get to where we are today. And um, we kept getting what I kept referring to as like God winks, like along the way, like he keeps putting this before you, he keeps putting this before you, you have to, you know, take it or literally just say, Hey, no, thanks. When we got this building, it was a complete and utter dump. It had been abandoned for nine years, almost. Um, No, 15. I think it was abandoned before 2015. Even like, I don't think that there had actually been a operating business in it for like nine years. It had been boarded up So there were lots of like mold contaminants, those types of things. Everything had to be completely gutted. It's, I would say, a high yet narrow building, what they refer to as like a shotgun style brick building. So that, that whole process started in June to July of 2021. And then we were actually able to open doors December 3rd, 2021.
0: Why a makerspace? Why a mercantile? Where did that vision come from four years ago? What made you decide this was the kind of business that we want to run? And you have this entrepreneurial background, your family does. But what about this particular concept, you know, had you coming back for four years?
1: So as I mentioned earlier, we have a farm. It's a Cedar Mill farm. It's a produce farm and a homestead. We would do a lot of farmer's markets in the area, selling our fresh produce. We also would do like produce delivery services from also from my marketing background, which was like my day job at the time. I noticed a lot of small businesses and small makers that were going to the farmer's markets, the flea markets, everything in the area, different, like somebody throws a festival and there would be different vendors at festivals and everything. All of these small entrepreneurs had amazing and great products, but I wanted to turn it into a concept where it was almost a store that was a farmer's market. So that was kind of where it all began. A lot of times the businesses are going to the farmer's market, these smaller local makers, it doesn't make financial sense for them to be able to have the additional expenses of a storefront or running a website. Because a lot of times they're also doing it as some kind of side business, right? Like every entrepreneur has a business, a job, a couple of side hustles. That's just the way we literally are like programmed to work. So I wanted to give them a space to be and help them promote their product along the way. I kind of felt like I took the things that my husband and I are most passionate about and we turned it into a retail opportunity. Hopefully it'll develop into an experience as well. We've got a little bit of time under our belt, but we have a ton of ideas and it just needs to be a really great place for community to gather together, hence flock and The mercantile covers like many of the wares, like where we have a little bit of everything and it's local. And then the maker space, we will host DIY events, creative learning opportunities. You can rent that space to have a party, like a bridal shower, baby shower. Uh, We have a couple graduation parties scheduled here in the next few months. So I just wanted to provide a really great place for community.
0: You know, that's interesting. I know the name of the store is Flock, because again, we do business together, but it didn't occur to me that you chose that name so that people would gather together. That is a a really neat uh, play on what you want people to do in that space. So let's talk about downtown Salina, Salina, Ohio, which, you know, it's it's not a huge community. It's actually a little bit of a tourist community because you have the, the wonderful lake there, Tell me about the demographics and the people that you want in your space and why you chose kind of the area that you did and then, you know, how you're doing the marketing and things to keep your business growing.
1: Downtown Salina is really an area that over the last five years has seen a lot of rejuvenation and development. Members of the community are are taking it upon themselves to expand and grow, whether it's purchasing historic buildings and revamping them and rehabbing them into mixed use spaces, or there's projects that are happening just a block to two blocks away from the storefront that is building a boardwalk community along the lake that has tiny, I would almost say like tiny vacation homes that will act as like Airbnbs that people can rent out during lake season. So I think the opportunity in Salina was pretty immense, especially giving 30-minute travel time from places like Lima, Van Wert, Fort Wayne. In 30 minutes, you're almost to Dayton from Salina. So I think that it covers a very large geographic slash demographic area for people that are looking for destination shopping, eateries, a day trip, those types of things, where I think downtown Salina is a perfect example of all the things that you could do in a day trip. There's a nice mix of retail, boutiques home decor, clothing, eateries, brewery. So there's several different kind of things to do. I think that really appeal to a whole family day outing, a girl's day, couple's trip. I think that there's a lot of opportunities for that. For, for Flock, we want to make sure that we're promoting the correct local makers. So all of our local makers were selected exclusively we did like an application process and we picked what we felt were like the best of the best. Diverse mix of products. We looked at how they do their marketing, how they do their packaging, what type of materials are they using, sustainable products, those kind of things that all kind of match and align with what our personal mission is, and that they're local within 30 miles of Salina.
0: And this is a great point that you're bringing up. If you're looking to start a business, particularly a brick and mortar, you do want to look around and see what the opportunities are for people to find you, to buy from you, to have a reason to come and visit you. And you know all the reasons that you pointed out with the lake, the destinations, the Airbnb, the destination travel, the destination shopping, those are all incredibly important. And for anybody listening in right now, who's thinking about starting something brick and mortar, Um, make sure that you do do your research and you understand why people would come to the area and why they would walk in your door. Now, and do know that you do do the local makers and you do have the people who are within the 30 mile radius. The other thing about that is you're bringing these things online to people as well. I know that you've been doing some sales online out of your shop. How has that been going and how are you marketing this Northwest Ohio flavor to people outside the area?
1: We've just started our campaign and our start to push for the online sales. With just opening in December, we were really just wanting to survive like the Christmas season and mm-hmm. then are using this lo- slower retail time of January and February to really amp up our web presence. So the plans that we're doing, will do targeted advertising opportunities, So most of the target advertising we would probably be doing would be through like Google ads as well as Facebook ads. Our marketing demographic, they are looking for really nice, thoughtful gifts. They understand the importance of shopping local and paying into your local economy versus maybe a big box store. Not that we're against big box stores as well, but so a lot of the things that we'll be targeting will be probably just a tri-state area. I don't know if I would go as far and try to start targeting nationally. The broadest area I would say would be like Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, that we would expand into target some. I would love to find how we can target clients that are originally from geographic area, but have since moved away. Because I think that'd say, I'm from here, but you know, I moved to Florida. I would love nothing more if I was in Florida to be able to go online and get an item that was made from someone back home. I think we can do some of that through some of the different Facebook groups. Almost every town seems to have, if you grew up from this place, everybody follows that page, those type of opportunities to kind of start to garner and target those areas as well.
0: So you were doing sales on like Facebook marketplace, so you yep. can actually... Kind of target the location
1: as well, right? Yes, you don't even have to have a fancy website. You can literally just do everything straight through either like Instagram Shop, Facebook Marketplace. You don't have to have your own website if it's, it's not something that that you're able to do. Although, let me switch and put on my marketing hat. You should always own your content and never let an outside entity control your business. Hence, you should always have where you're gathering and collecting client information outside of social media and where you're gathering and collecting leads, et cetera, like through your website that you own, that if Facebook closes tomorrow, you're not losing thousands of potential clients. Right. So I'll throw that out there too.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, the the balance of having a brick and mortar store, just newly opening, but then also understanding that there is this convenience of shopping online locally or not locally, or people wanting to browse online before they go into your store is a thing now where people go online and they'll shop and then they go in and they want to put their hands on things. So there's kind of this reason to have an online presence even on Marketplace or whatever without necessarily having a national presence, as you were saying, because local is so important. And a lot of people found during the pandemic that shopping locally was incredibly important for protecting their own communities.
1: For our Cedar Mill Farm business, we would do produce delivery since we could, the farmer's market was closed during the pandemic, especially at the start. So we were literally like just dropping off bags of produce on our neighbor's doorstep. And we would do like a Saturday pickup here at our house. So we would just sit them out on the step and it was honor system. We'd look at their name on it. They'd pick it up, put their money into Tupperware. I think a lot of people during the last few years have realized how resourceful you can be. And- I think it's made people think out of the box to like learn how to pivot quickly. Definitely. I, I
0: think that when push comes to shove, you know, when you're trying to keep your business open, you will find creative ways to do things. Now, the Absolutely. interesting thing about your space as well is, you know, the party room in the back and renting and stuff, you have created multiple lines of income from just this single building idea so you have the retail space up front. You've got some of the online mm-hmm. sales. You now have this rental space in the back. Tell me, how is that all flowing together for you? And how are you managing those to continue to be profitable You know, as we're in the, fourth, uh, the first quarter, but then also mm-hmm. as you're a newly opened business?
1: So we have, I think I've established five different sales funnels. So we have local maker, vendor, sales. So a lot of our local makers slash vendors are on a consignment program is a certain percentage that flock keeps of the overall uh, sale price. We also have wholesale items. So we do curate what I would call wholesale items that complement what our makers have. Well, just because I'm talking with you, we'll use Convoy Road Coffee Roasters as an example. So we're carrying coffee and we have wholesale mugs or different canisters, like a really pretty canister that you would keep your coffee in besides coffee maker, those kind of things. So they're complementary products. So that's our second. Our third is DIY classes that we offer back in the maker space. So we partner with actual local artists and they come in and host different DIY events throughout the month. Our most recent one was a wine tasting with one of our products that we carry in the retail space. And then we did, we painted wine glasses with alcohol ink and had a local art instructor come in and teach the class for us. Different participants, they paid a small fee to participate. So we have that. And then we have what I would call the creative learning event slash courses. We have an upcoming event with a local marketing duo that's a lunch and learn. So it's for all the different downtown merchants can come in, they pay a small fee. They're getting continued education on how best practices on social media for their business. And they're also getting a lunch from a local eatery in downtown. And it's just like an hour and a half. And then our fifth revenue stream is then the rentals of the space, which we talked about earlier. So we rent it out on an hourly rate available for different parties. Within that rental space also offer... Planning or styling services. So maybe you're wanting to have a bridal shower and you just don't want to have to take care of everything that goes along with that. Like, would hire us not only to choose the space, but we would contact the caterer and coordinate with the caterer for the food that they're bringing in, those type of things. So by having those five separate revenue streams, it makes it profitable and accessible for kind of everybody to win. If I was just doing just a consignment store, I can't pay my bills on a consignment percentage that that flock would be keeping, or I would have to charge a higher consignment percentage. And then, you know, our local maker and vendors aren't winning by supplementing and making mixed use of the space. It creates an overall profitable business.
0: You've done an amazing job. I know that you're newly opened, but everybody talks about flock. And in fact, the very smart thing about having all the local makers too, is like we have clients in Salina that used to drive here to van work to get coffee from us. And now we just point them to your store. So they are actually mm-hmm. coming into your store and our customers get eyes on your products and your customers get eyes on our product. And it's, it is a win-win all the way around. And it, it makes it so that, you know, we're kind of synergized like our Facebook group and our clients and your Facebook group and your clients. And it, it is really a great way to do business when small businesses working together.
1: I kind of look at it just kind of a random side thought. I don't even remember where I read it, but I read tons of life coaching books, business books, listen to all the podcasts, all kinds of different industry experts and thinkers. And a few years back, I was listening to a podcast and I think it might have been Marie Forleo or Rachel Hollis. I'm not positive which one, but it was talking about not looking at other businesses as competition. When we were opening Flock, there's also another business in Salina that is very similar. They have some local makers, they've got some home items, those types of things. And I had so many people come up to me and were like, oh my gosh, you're going to have some competition. And I've always looked at it like, one, I'm an uber competitive person, but from a community standpoint, everybody should win. I'm not going to let you beat me at a card game. <laughs> if we're playing Candyland, it's going down. I will beat you. <laughs> but when it comes like for my business or for my our community, everybody needs to win. And that's what I had like said to someone you can't compete with me, sis, because I want you to win too. I want them to win. I want all of the businesses in downtown It's to win. And however I can help, I'm going to. And I think that in our small communities, in these rural areas, in these small downtowns, I think that you have to have that mindset it's to bring everyone together and give everyone an opportunity to win. I refer people to this other store on a weekly basis, multiple times, guarantee it. I'm okay with that.
0: I love that. It, it's you know happening here. It's happening now. It's happening where you live. And um, mm-hmm. this is definitely something else to keep in mind. If you're looking to open a small business, if you're looking around and thinking, I'd love to bring that here, but there is already one. Um, you know, Listen to Amanda, what she's saying here, that there is room in the market. And the way that you're going to do it is going to be different from how it Quote, already is anyway.
1: If you're creating multiple sales funnels and revenue streams, it doesn't matter. Like right. if you're carrying a candle company that a store also in your downtown is carrying, it's not going to matter. Right.
0: Yeah. Because you've got multiple ways to win. So, where can people find information about Flock? Tell us where we can find your thoughtfully curated things and then, you know, about your culture inside your store.
1: So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Flock Mercantile, or you can go to our website, flockmercantile.com.
0: Amazing. And Amanda, if anyone has any questions for you specifically, can they email you directly?
1: Absolutely. Flockmercantile
0: at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today and giving some insights into opening a new store, into you know, making sure that you're covering your bases into thinking through how to be a profitable store from Jump Street and sharing with my audience how you got everything started. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you all for listening in. I'll I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. If you'd like to learn more and grab some free resources, just head over to entremoneycoach.com and you'll find the links and freebies. Take care, and I can't wait to talk to you again
1: next time on the Profit Accelerator Podcast.